Today on Stick to Football, it's time to hand out $100 handshakes. It's time for hashtag defense for Heisman. And oh my God, it is time for mock draft Monday, Connor, the first of the year. I'm pretty excited about this thing. Yeah, me too. This is going to be obviously a long show, which everyone always likes. We're going to cover every single pick of the first round. So if you're a Dolphins fan or a Raiders fan, you especially want to stick around as you're on the board a couple of times. But every team should, Matt, because when me and you were doing this together live as we go back and forth between picks, it's interesting to come across new trends, what players got into the first round that you didn't expect, and of course, how many quarterbacks go. But before we get to that of course we're going to do our hundred dollar handshakes and hashtag defense for Heisman yeah it's going to be a good show today not a lot of news Um, we're going to you know kind of cover what we saw the weekend at college football the Monday show is always going to be a little more NFL draft heavy Uh, let's start with those hundred dollar handshakes though man and I got to give one to our guy Sean Clifford the quarterback for Penn State when we picked this game on the Friday show, I think all of us, uh, you and I both picked Penn State, but we were like, ah, man, I just don't, I don't know what Penn State is. I don't know their identity. Right now, their identity is Sean Clifford, who absolutely, absolutely went off in a, a dominant win, a statement win over Maryland. I think this is a huge game for Sean Clifford. It maybe even establishes him now, you know, as the leader of this team, but yeah, he, he played a hell of a game against Maryland. Yeah, he really did. And it is funny when we previewed the games uh, on the Friday show, you know, we were nervous about the Maryland offense and it turns out that we were just, we shouldn't have been at all. Penn state's offense came out, their defense came out. What a dominant effort from them. And I mean, honestly, besides Ohio state, they have surprisingly been the, uh, the, you know, the best team in the big 10 besides Ohio state, when everyone thought it'd be Michigan, Wisconsin, all those teams hanging around a great start for Penn state. My first one, since I was at this game uh, on the West coast here, the Washington Huskies two for them, Trey Adams, Really, Matt, really looked like a franchise tackle. Seeing him in person as a run blocker, as a pass blocker, he is gigantic. He moves very well. The biggest questions for him is going to be those medicals. He's had a lot of injuries over the years. But in terms of talent and traits and character, he is the real deal. The real deal. So it's exciting to see him. My other one from this game, the Washington secondary, not an easy task against these USC yeah. wide receivers. They played up in their face. They pressed them. They played the ball in the air. They were physical coming downhill to help against the USC run game. These, these Washington DBs year after year, they lose guys early rounds in the draft all the time. Last year is Byron Murphy, Taylor Rapp. This year they have players like Elijah Molden, Miles Bryant. The list really goes on and on. And all of them played very, very well. So they all get $100 this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was very good to see them step up in a tough game against USC. We we talked about you know Mason Fink and they have Michael Pittman Jr. For them to step up, that, that secondary is a big one. How about this guy, Devonta Smith? We talked so much about Jerry Judy, about Henry Ruggs. You cannot forget that Alabama goes four deep at wide receiver that would probably be a number one for most schools. Devonta Smith, a record-setting day, 11 catches, 274 yards and five touchdowns in a just beat down against Ole Miss. And I've had a lot of people ask, where's Devonta Smith on your draft board? I have a big board that comes out Tuesday morning. So as people listen to this show, they can check that out tomorrow. But I had been told he's probably not going to come out. I still went ahead and ranked him just in case. My man's a first rounder if he comes out this year based on everything I've seen thus far. He's a little skinny, 6'1", 175, but he lit up Ole Miss. 
Yeah, entering this uh, conversation of top wide receivers, it's crazy how quickly that can happen. And speaking of one that entered the year in that conversation, and he's not going anywhere anytime soon, that's C.D. Lamb. It's weird, Matt. It's actually felt like a quiet year for C.D. Lamb, although he hasn't been quiet on the field. But Jalen Hurts, Lincoln Riley, even uh, Mr. Rambo over there, they've taken some of the spotlight, and C.D. had enough of that. A three-touchdown weekend, he looked great. He looked strong. He was throwing guys off him after the catch he has great hands he's a good route runner he's perfect in that offense I still love CD Lamb as a round one wide receiver and we'll get to that later but as for this weekend take your hundred dollars and go CD Lamb you were phenomenal no CD Lamb is without a doubt a first rounder and and we will get to the point of the year where the heat picks up on him and everybody's like oh yeah wait he's still really really good so glad you called him out Uh, I gotta go to Florida a team that I've been hard on all year Felipe Franks goes out. Kyle Trask comes in. And this junior has looked fantastic running this offense. Last week, 18 of 20 for a buck 88 and two scores. Uh, he's just been fantastic. I know they played Towson. It's like not a big deal. But I want to shout out Kyle Trask because he's been very good. You can even go back to what they did against Tennessee. I know the Volunteers are down, but that is a that's a rivalry game. He was 20 of 28 for almost 300 yards. He has been very, very good for the Gators coming in a relief. This offense looks like it's better with him under center. So I got to shout out Kyle Trask. I know, I know people are going to get on us that they beat Towson. You can only play the team in front of you. And Kyle Trask played very well this week. Yeah, he still had to come in and step up, and that's never easy to do. My next one and last one should be a $1,000 handshake. Chuba Hubbard had oh my 20, God. 25 carries for almost 300 rushing yards. It, it was ridiculous. He averaged almost 12 yards a carry, and this goes on just for this season. This was his third game over 200 rushing yards. Third game. So for the sophomore at Oklahoma State, he has been – unstoppable and I know we talk so much about Tylen Wallace over the summer who's been great but Hubbard continues to carry such a so much volume of this offense in a big way and he has home run hitting ability I mean we're seeing 70 80 yard kind of runs here from Hubbard I loved what he did this weekend and now he enters the Heisman conversation as one of the most exciting players in the country I love the I love the kid. We talked about him the week before because Texas played Oklahoma State, and I, I told you, Melo, I'm terrified of Chuba Hubbard because he is so explosive, and when their passing game gets bogged down, they just turn and hand him the He's ball, the and he is amazing. So I love Chuba Hubbard. My last one, how about Rashad Bateman? We talk a lot about Tyler Johnson at receiver, but Bateman in a close win for Minnesota over Purdue to keep them undefeated. He goes six catches, a buck 77 and two TDs. A very good day for Bateman, who I think at times gets a little bit overlooked in that offense, but he had a huge day. Again, I, Tyler Johnson's got a chance to be a first rounder. He had a good day as well, but Bateman really stole the show uh, when he saw a lot of single coverage. So he gets a $100 handshake from me. How about defense for Heisman? Here's the thing. Chase Young is the guy, and he had another sack. He's got eight on the year. Chase Young looks like the predator. Like if someone created a pass rusher, it would be Chase Young. I think he's better than Nick Bosa. I think he's better than Joey Bosa. He might be better than Miles Garrett because he's meaner. So obviously Chase Young is the guy. He deserves legitimate Heisman consideration. But outside of that, How are people forgetting about his teammate, Jeff Okuda, who's the best corner in football, and he showed you that against Nebraska with two interceptions. It's not very often that people throw at him. Adrian Martinez made the mistake of doing that. Okuda made him pay two picks in a gigantic road win for the Buckeyes. 
Absolutely gigantic. Akuda is just almost the perfect corner at times. His great plays are as good as it gets at the position, and that's why you look at him and you go, he should be the next Ohio State corner taken in the top 10 like Denzel Ward was. He's that yep. good. Marshawn Lattimore, there's a tradition there. I know we talk about DBU all the time for a million different schools, but in terms of NFL talent, Ohio State at the position right now is really churning it out. I want to give a shout-out for defense for Heisman because this guy is going to finish the season with 300 tackles. Evan Weaver on Cal. That Cal defense is surprising a lot of people and I think Weaver has entered the conversation maybe as a day two pick at this point where you look at how quickly he's getting to the football and stopping the run I mean he's in that 15 to 20 tackle range it feels like every single week he's the leader of the middle of the defense I know they suffered a crushing loss but he's the guy that speaks up after it so if you're looking for just somebody that is putting up the numbers and making plays he won't be in the real uh, high spin conversation like Chase Young should be but he needs to be in the hashtag defense for Heisman one and that is Evan Weaver on a very underrated Cal defense yeah absolutely he's someone I've had my my eye on all year and I know our guy Jim Nagy in the senior bowl they definitely have their eye on him too all right Connor let's take a break a quick first segment because oh baby it is about to get crazy the first mock draft Monday of the year and I am on the clock when we come back with the Miami Dolphins at number one overall The Miami Dolphins are on the clock with the first pick in the draft, just like they want to be. They want to do this. Let's not lie. And as much as I was encouraged by what we saw, especially early in the game from Josh Rosen uh, in week four, with the first pick, I have to do it. I'm taking Tua from Alabama. Figure out what number he's going to wear after the fact. He can wear three if you want, because he's probably not rocking that 13 that Dan Marino made famous down there. But if the Dolphins have the first pick, I believe they have to take a quarterback and Tua is the top quarterback in this class for me with a bullet. You could probably come close to putting that in ink. I love what he brings on the field. love what he brings off the field. His touch accuracy is special. His instincts are special. He's tough. He's, he's mobile. Connor, to me, Tua is everything you want for the modern NFL and what, what a franchise quarterback should look like. And I'm with you all the way here, Matt. I think this is kind of one of those years where you and I will come to a complete agreement on who the top quarterback in the draft is very, very easily. That is Tua Tungavailoa. And as much as I believe in Josh Rosen, I don't think Miami's really going to give him the right chance. And you only pick it number one so many times. So for the Dolphins, go get a guy like Tua that can be that franchise quarterback. Number two, this team is giving them a run for their money right now, but they should not be in the business of taking a quarterback. They should really try actually developing Dwayne Haskins instead of throwing him in there to die. The Washington Redskins at two, it's Chase Young. Uh, He's the best defensive player in this draft. He is a phenomenal pass rusher. I mean, he might even be better than Nick Bosa. That's how good he is. He, He might enter that Miles Garrett conversation. He has strength. He has speed. He can bend great hands. He finishes plays. I mean, you see the strip sacks, not just normal sacks. He's going for the football. The Redskins need talent right now. They have added talent to that defense over the years, but you're not going to pass on a player like Chase Young. He's simply too good. Yeah, and that's a, that's exactly where it is. He and Montez Sweat would be a fun combination they as would. well. Ryan Kerrigan's getting older. With a good interior. Nope. Exactly. Very good. It's just Alabama down there. Now you had to chase young number three, the Denver Broncos. I know a lot of folks have said why you have to think quarterback here. I don't know that that's the case because they did draft drew lock in the second round last year. I know it was, it wasn't their first second round pick. So, but I do believe they like the future there. They at least want to see what they have. So I'm going to go a different direction and add a dynamic young receiver to this already solid young receiving core. 
I'm putting Jerry Judy here. I've said it before. He's the closest thing I've ever seen to Odell Beckham Jr. He's so electric. His brakes are so smooth. What he's able to do as a route runner is incredibly special. He is surrounded by a lot of talent at Alabama. So, no, he's probably not going to break any records in terms of catches. But like last year, when I believe he had 68 catches, he won the Blitnikoff Award. Everyone understands he's the best receiver in college football. He has a chance to be the best receiver prospect I've ever evaluated. Jerry Judy's that good. That's why he's going to the Broncos at number three. Even though it's not the biggest need on the board for them, it is the best fit. Yeah, that one breaks my heart a little bit because I was hoping he would fall to four for the New York Jets for me here and get Sam Darnold, the number one wide receiver. But since that's not happening, the Jets need offensive line help. I mean, they really do. You see how poor that group has been this year. Uh, Kelvin Beecham is going to hit free agency, so they're going to have a pretty big hole at left tackle. The pick for me here is Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Is he perfect right now? No, not a lot of offensive line prospects are. But you see what he can do in the run game. It's special. And they have a guy there named Le'Veon Bell that needs help so Andrew Thomas he gets to the second level of the field he gets to the third level of the field sometimes which is amazing I think he'll really develop in pass protection at left tackle and this is a team that they need a guy that can just get in there on the offensive line and contribute right away and that's exactly what Thomas could do Love Andrew Thomas. Uh, He is a fantastic player. Number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like the Miami Dolphins, I'll say this about Andy Dalton. If they're drafting in the top five, I believe they have to look at quarterback. Now, this is not a move I would make. I want to reiterate, mock drafts are what we think will happen, not what we would do, even in this point of the year, where it's September 30th, we're recording this. I would not make this pick, but I believe the Cincinnati Bengals will because they are desperate for a franchise quarterback. I'm going to give them Justin Herbert from Oregon. Herbert looks the part. He's tall. He has a strong arm. He's athletic. He is accurate to some degree. I worry about his mental toughness, but I could see Zach Taylor, as long as he's still the head coach, wanting his version of Jared Goff. And I do think that's That's the ceiling for Justin Herbert is a Jared Goff kind of guy. The problem for me is the floor is Blaine Gabbert. So if you split the middle, I don't know if that's an upgrade over Andy Dalton, but I will at least say I do think that they're going to take that shot this year to try to to try to improve because they're stuck right now at the position. They have some young weapons in Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. They've invested well. They've picked fairly well on defense. They need a quarterback that, that, that can get them over the top. So I think they swing for the fences in the first round this year. And with Jonah Williams coming back next year, they might have a little bit of a foundation on the offensive line for a young quarterback to play behind. So that pick would not surprise me at all. Number six, this is the Minka Fitzpatrick pick, essentially, because the Dolphins are picking oh, sixth here where the Steelers would have. So that pick right now is a juicy top 10 pick. And I'm going with Tristan Wirfs here from Iowa. I think... He's interesting because we don't know if he's a top 10 lock right now, but I think he has all the traits you look for in an offensive tackle. And if the Dolphins are taking Tua, like you had at number one, Matt, you are not throwing Tua Tungavailoa behind this offensive line. You are not doing it. Laramie Tunzel's gone. I know some Dolphins fans are probably banging their heads thinking, well, we traded our franchise tackle and now we're drafting a maybe franchise tackle in the top 10. That's what happens. And I think Wurfs could be a very good player. The Dolphins need a foundation for when Tua gets there. If they don't take Chase Young number one overall, they take Tua. You got to start building up that offense, and that has to start on the offensive line. No, it absolutely does. And again, a lot of people say, well, that guy's not a top 10 player on your board or whatever. We're expecting guys to float up the board like they always do. Daniel Jones wasn't in our top 10 last year. He went six overall. So players float, especially guys at premium positions. Number seven, the Arizona Cardinals. 
there I wanted to go offensive line here, but we've taken the two best off the board here recently. I look instead to defense. We haven't seen Pat Pete this year because it's a suspension. Excuse me. They did draft Byron Murphy last year. I still believe corner is a need for them. They're one of the teams that was rumored to be very interested in Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to give them Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State. We talked about him earlier in the show. I believe he's the best corner in this draft. I think he's the best Ohio State corner I've ever seen. That's better than Denzel Ward, better than Marshawn Latimer. He's that talented. So Jeff Okuda here to the Cardinals. Again, probably not the biggest need for this team, but given what's available, to get a guy who I think could be an all-pro corner as a rookie at seven, like you can't get that lucky, Steve Kime. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons here. I think the Vic Beasley era is going to come to an end after this season. Why not upgrade? Get yourself an A.J. Epinesa. That is a very different kind of pass rusher than Vic Beasley. Epinesa's game is converting speed to power. He will drive offensive tackles right into the lap of the quarterback. The numbers might not be the flashy. He doesn't have the Chase Young eight sacks, right? But in terms of pro tools, productivity, and a complete player, run defender, a pass rusher, a three-down player i think epinesa i don't know what the future is for dan quinn but if dan quinn is still there and has a hand in making this pick epinesa is the perfect player for him oh god yes he absolutely is a little bit scary even number nine the indianapolis colts is surprised to see them picking this early but everyone in the afc south is two and two this morning so this is where they are when i look at this offense when ty hilton is gone they, it's just a different team. No right. one can get the job done without him. So I'm going to give them a little bit of help at the receiver position. They need it badly. T. Higgins going here. I thought about C.D. Lamb. I thought about Henry Ruggs. But I still think T. Higgins is the most complete receiver in the class outside of Jerry Judy. Clemson has struggled this year, especially in the passing game. So Higgins has been, I think, forgotten about to some degree because the numbers aren't exceptional. I think when it comes around to the combine, T. Higgins is going to remind everybody that he's really good at his job. And Clemson has a track record of putting guys into the NFL at receiver and being really, really good. And, And he's going to be the next one in this group. Yeah, and what is up with the magical powers that Andrew Luck had where only Eric Ebron can catch the ball from him? Right? It's amazing. No other quarterback... It works for, but Andrew Locke, Eric Ebron caught, it felt like everything in his career. What a bizarre, bizarre game for the Colts. All right, 10, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the fighting Gardner Minshews. My goodness, this team oh, is seems fun to watch. There's really no way around it. Yes, we have them at 10 right here. Get Gardner, a dude at wide receiver, and that dude is C.D. Lamb. I talked about it earlier in the show, $100 handshake C.D. Lamb. I mean, he really does everything you want. I think the only thing with C.D. Lamb is he will probably run a very, very mediocre 40 time. I could see him being a 4-5-5, and maybe I'll be wrong, but what it looks like on tape, he doesn't always blow by people, but he is phenomenal at the catch point. He's very strong after the catch. And he's a good route runner where when you have all three of those things, you still gain separation. And like we always say, we say this about T Higgins a lot, you know, being a above the rim kind of receiver, he's always open four feet over his head. So I love CD lamb. And I think this is a team where they have a lot of energy right now with a young quarterback and keep investing by putting young weapons around him. Oh, I absolutely love that pick. And you're right with CD lamb. I have no idea what he's going to run, but he's just so creative after the catch that he makes up for it number 11 the Baltimore Ravens and one thing that I'll say about this team they've been so good especially offensively 
I really think they miss C.J. Mosley. And I believe that we saw that yesterday so did the in Jets. that loss to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so did the Jets, right? I'm going to give them a guy who can replace C.J. Mosley and be a different type of player, especially with coverage in the middle of the field. Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. You, you've seen him play safety. We see him now playing middle linebacker. He's just a special type of athlete that would be a great anchor for the middle of the defense here. I like some of the young guys the Ravens have, but this linebacking core as a whole, and I include the edge rushers in that, they need to step up and play to their draft position. Someone like Isaiah Simmons could really come in and put this entire unit together and complete it. I love him as a player. He's got a chance to be a a top five or top six guy for me uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, he's like if Mark Barron was actually really, really good. The way he, or if, all the like if Cam Chancellor had played linebacker. Yep, uh, Shaq Thompson a little bit, yep. kind of the mold of that. But he has a chance to be way better than all those guys. And I think Simmons in a Baltimore Ravens uniform is beyond perfect. Number twelve, the New York Giants. Interesting start for the Giants. They are now two and two right now. So we have no idea where this team will ultimately end up picking. But in the top fifteen, right here. Uh, They let Landon Collins walk. Jabril Peppers had a really good game against Washington, but he's been all over the place. I did not think he played well against Buffalo. And even if you want to keep him, that's fine. Get a guy next to him. That guy is Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit could still finish as a top 10 player in this class. Safeties tend to fall sometimes. What I like about Delpit for the Giants is he could play slot corner for you. They need some help at the corner position. He can play outside linebacker the way the Jets use Jamal as a pass rusher or just somebody that can spy or even an outside run defender, or he could play true free safety. So for the Giants, they need talent on the defense, right? now because you're not going to get to play the Washington Redskins every week and whatever's going on at quarterback for them Grant Delpit could be an answer there yeah I, I've been disappointed by Delpit this year um, he hasn't made a mellow, lot of plays yep some of the mellow and I talked about uh, off air over the weekend was just like guys who've haven't done what we expected and Grant Delpit was one of them number 13 the Los Angeles Chargers on the clock here one thing that I, I look at the board the players who are still available one thing I would love is to give Philip Rivers, a little more help. I know some people are like, why not take a quarterback in the future? I just, I don't know about the, if they're the team that's going to do something like that. They did draft Easton Stick in the fifth round last year. I want to give them speed in the slot. I think they really miss Tyrell Williams. I'm giving them Henry Ruggs, who might be the fastest player I've ever seen. And it looks that I, way. Mean, I say that knowing that John Ross, Tyreek Hill, I think he might be faster than both those guys. I think so Put him too. in the slot with Keenan Allen, who's the best route runner in football, with Mike Williams on the outside. And this offense is terrifying. Uh, I thought about running back here. I don't think they'll draft early to replace Melvin Gordon. They just don't value that spot enough. Give me Henry Ruggs and just you're going to have to to beat the Chiefs. You're going to have to be able to score. That's just all there is to it. So I think Ruggs in this offense, maybe that's just me wanting them to be creative, but I think he would be a fantastic fit. Yeah, and that Austin Eckler guy is pretty decent, huh? It's unbelievable how well that's worked out for them. All right, 14, the Philadelphia Eagles. This team needs a corner. I am not completely sold that C.J. Henderson is this shutdown premier corner yet, but I think he has all the tools to develop into a good one, and the Eagles really are great at developing players, and he probably is the best one on the board right here. So for the Eagles, I'm going with Henderson. Great athlete. He has length. He has recovery speed. I I know they've been so beat up at the position, but even without that, this is a team in the offseason that is going to be looking to improve their secondary. And C.J. Henderson makes a lot of sense at this point in the middle of the draft. He really does, unless they trade this pick for Jalen Ramsey, which is a possibility. Yeah, As I, we're sitting here Tuesday morning, 
It could yeah. still happen. Very. Absolutely. Uh, number 15, the Tennessee Titans. I love Marcus Mariota, and I think he's probably a great guy. Um, he's going to be a really good backup quarterback somewhere else next year. The, the Titans have to move on. They have to. And I think they need to get away from uh, that mentality of let's find a conservative guy who's just going to move the ball and not turn it over. You don't want Alex Smith. You need someone who is a firecracker, who can push the ball down the field, who will take chances and make plays. I'm giving them Joe Burrow. And I know that a couple months ago we talked about Joe Burrow and we kept saying, I, I need to see more. I don't know what Joe Burrow is. I've seen a month of college football right now. I like Joe Burrow, and I think he is on a trajectory that will end up with a first-round pick. Now, the wheels could fall off once we get into SEC play. That is absolutely possible. But where he is right now, to me, looks like a first-rounder. I think he goes to Mobile, Alabama, tears up the Senior Bowl, and makes himself enough money to be a top 15 pick. He's the kind of guy I would want driving the bus with A.J. Brown there, with Derrick Henry in the backfield, with an offensive line that yep. has some pieces. I think it'll be a lot better once Taylor Lewan's off suspension. Joe Burrow in that offense is so much more fun, and there's so many more possibilities than what we're getting right now with Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and you could see Mike Vrabel absolutely falling in love with a guy like Joe Burrow yep. that can go out and win you the game at times. And we just, unfortunately, ha we wanted Mariota to be great, and I just, it doesn't feel absolutely like it's, did. Doesn't feel yeah. like it's happening. So it, it's tough. All right, 16 to round out the top half of the first round of this draft. Carolina Panthers, let's get him a weapon. This is not just a wide receiver. He's not just a running back. I know he's listed at wide receiver. LaVisca Chenault does everything. And I know if you're a Panthers fan, you're probably sitting there and saying, yeah, well, I heard that with DJ Moore. I heard that with Curtis Samuel. I think Chenault, as long as he could stay healthy, can really be a difference maker. The way he breaks tackles, he hasn't been in the greatest situation in Colorado at times. I know it's not like Montez is a bad quarterback or anything like that. I just think the targets haven't always been there for him. I think, And you see what he could do on special teams. Chenault is a really, really exciting player. Now, if the Panthers lose a couple more games here, it becomes the T. Higgins-C.D. Lamb conversation instead of the Chenault conversation. But he's no consolation prize. He is a really, really impressive playmaker. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock at 17. I don't know where to go with this team. It might be a quarterback. It could be a running back. For now, I'm going to address the elephant in the room, and that's the offensive line that has been not good. I'm going with Creed Humphrey here. A little bit of an unknown at Oklahoma, the only returning starter to this offensive line. I could put him in. He could play guard. He could play center. I, I know Ali Marpet is really good and underrated, but they got to do something up front to fix this O-line. I think what everyone's wondering right now, has Bruce Arians unlocked Jameis Winston? And James I'm not can, ready to say that. I'm not either. I'm definitely not ready to say that either. But it's why you stayed away from quarterback because right. we're still wondering right now. 18, the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, Adam Thielen clearly does not approve of Kirk Cousins. We're going with Jacob Dude. Eason here. Like I said, got to see him play this weekend. That arm is lively. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes back to school. They believe next year in Washington that they have a special group, but... The NFL comes calling for quarterbacks, and Jacob Eason has a cannon. He's going to be highly valued by the NFL. I thought he moved better than I expected for someone that's 6'6", 235. He moved very well. So yeah. an exciting player that's Eason. And even if he has to sit a year over there, that's fine. But if you're Minnesota, you need a guy that can really air things out for your offense. Yeah, and get Adam Thielen, someone who can throw the ball. Number 19, the Detroit Lions. I still think they need corner help. Uh, again, another team that they were in on the Minka Fitzpatrick talks. I think Paulson Adebo, the Stanford corner, we're going to see in about uh, two months uh, when we get to the Cal-Stanford game. I love his ability. He is 
prototypical size, prototypical ball skills, had an amazing 2018 season. Stanford knows how to coach him up. I think the Lions continue to add on defense. I did think about receiver here to add to what they have with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, but no one on the board at this spot that I really fell in love with. And they would make for one of the best secondaries in football because Justin Coleman is playing out of his mind right yes, now. Yes, he is. So I would love, and he's more of a slot guy. I would love that pick to bolster up that unit. 20, the Seattle Seahawks, steal of the mock draft right here. This is the steal of the mock draft. They've missed on running backs before, I think it's safe to say. They will not miss on this guy, DeAndre Swift. He is a Christian McCaffrey-level running back prospect. For this Seattle offense, he can run, he can catch, he could pass protect, he could do it all. This would be extremely exciting for the Seahawks to get him this late. Yeah, people are not going to be happy with you for them taking another running back, but they do need it. Number 21, the Cleveland Browns. Everyone knows what they should do. The question will be, is anyone of value on the board. They need to address the offensive line. I'm going to give them Alex Leatherwood, the next left tackle from Alabama, a lot like Jonah Williams, who played right tackle. Now he's on the left side. I like Leatherwood. I don't know if he comes out this year. That's probably the only question I have, but my God, left tackle has to be the clear-cut biggest need for the Cleveland Browns, assuming everyone comes back next year because they have all the pieces elsewhere, but they're just getting Baker Mayfield and the rest of the offense killed because they can't protect right now so Leatherwood solves a very big problem in Cleveland yeah I think if you're a Browns fan get used to offensive line mock to your team the entire year leading up to the draft 22 the Raiders here their first pick of the first round I went with Derek Brown this is a BPA approach I know Raiders fans might not be overly excited about a defensive lineman but Brown has been a game wrecker for Auburn this year he really has and I think for Oakland if you're not picking in the top 10 or top 15 where you can get one of these elite quarterbacks for Gruden to work with, you got to go BPA. Keep stacking it with good players. Brown is probably maybe the best interior one of the group in this draft. Yeah, I think he is. It's not a great defensive tackle class. And Derek Brown definitely has a chance to make himself some money. Number 23, the Dallas Cowboys. They cannot, I don't think, pay everyone. Jerry Jones might prove me wrong, but I think we're going to see someone like Byron Jones just have to be let go because of salary cap constraints. This is where you can draft to replace. And I look at someone like Christian Fulton, who's had a very good year at LSU. He is a first rounder, in my opinion, would be a very good value here with with Jordan Lewis, with Chidobe Awuzie, with Anthony Brown. He could come in and fill out this unit. I believe he could be a number one corner in the NFL. Play a lot like Tredavious White, honestly. That type of mid to late first round guy, high character, very sticky underneath a physical corner, exactly what Dallas needs. They're going to have to keep hitting on these late first round picks, but they have shown that they're able to do that. Yeah, they really have with Will McClay there just uh, absolutely crushing it. 24, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, apologies if I butcher his last name, but the TCU offensive tackle, Louis Niang. I think when you look at this position for Green Bay right now, it's been so impressive over the years how guy, how good these guys have been. But at some point, you got to look to the future. And they started doing that last year by adding to the interior. Now you have to get a tackle, even if he doesn't play right away. I think it's something that you really have to consider because they want Aaron Rodgers to play for a very long time there into his old age. And you need to protect a guy like Rodgers that's been hurt. So to get somebody that has all the traits of being elite pass protector at this point of the draft, I think it's a must for the Packers. Yeah, it, it really is. They just have to address that. Number 25, the Miami Dolphins. We have them taking Tua and Tristan Wirfs. So offense, offense. I'm going to stay on offense because they need so much help on that side of the ball. You look at the run game, 
It's just not there. Whether it's Kenyon Drake, whether it's you know Mark Walton, it doesn't matter who's back there. They need someone who can carry the ball. Jonathan Taylor just scores touchdowns. We've seen it for three years now at Wisconsin. Yes, he has a high uh, amount of carries. That's why he's available at number 25 overall. When you are 220 pounds and are going to run a legitimate high 4-3 and have rushed for over 4,000 yards in two years, you should not be available at 25. The Dolphins get a steal here. It's someone who could take pressure off our guy Tua at quarterback. Well, I have the same story for the Buffalo Bills here at 26 because they get Travis Etienne, who is just a phenomenal runner. Talk about having amazing outside bursts. I think if you're looking at the Bills right now, if they had a good quarterback, they would be a contender to win the AFC. And I fully mean that. Josh Allen, Josh looks so bad yesterday. That was awful. And New England has a great defense. They're well prepared for you. But Allen is a game killer for them. The, the Bills might have the best defense in the AFC right now. And they have players that are getting it done on the offensive side of the ball. And in that, it's one game. It's one game. But that was a game where Josh Allen lost them the game. And if you're going to keep rolling with him, you want to develop him. I get it. You got to put even more pieces around him. And Travis Etienne, they need a young running back. Him and Singletary can complement each other for the future. It'd be a lot of fun to watch them together. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like they're young Shady McCoy. But Frank Gore will still be the starting running back. Yeah, we all know it's going to happen. We all know it is. Number 27, the Los Angeles Rams. When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers score 50 on you, you have problems defensively. Uh, I know a lot of that was set up by interceptions, but... I think the middle of this defense needs a boost. Not that Alec Ogletree was great, but they haven't been the same without someone good in the middle. I'm going to give them Dylan Moses, who sneaks into the first round here. I know he has the ACL injury. I would project that he is ready to roll by April. Just that's how Alabama guys are having that surgery early. I think he's going to be just fine. And let's not forget I was looking at him as a top 10 pick before he got hurt. So getting him at 27 is really good value for the Rams. Also, I just want to uh, follow up that I crushed the Niang pronunciation. Oh, attaboy. I found a pronunciation guide for like the PDF of 900 pages. I was like, there it is. All right. Yeah, Dylan Moses, though, is an interesting one because of the injury. We've seen a lot of guys, though, that are that talented. It doesn't matter if they get cleared by the medical teams know what they are already, and they could still go in the top 40 picks here. The Raiders are up on the clock again. It's always fun when you get the Raiders twice because their fan base is completely unforgiving if you mess up the picks. Right. So I'm going to double down here. This is really interesting because Jordan loved to me is the quarterback of this class that can end up going top five. He could end up going day three right now. We've seen great from Jordan love. And we've seen some bad, but in terms of talent, he can do it all. He really can. He has an yeah. arm. And I remember Matt, a couple of weeks ago, we sat down very early in the morning before the show. And you were like, man, I just got through coaches film of Jordan love. And I, I liked a lot of what I saw. And I think for me, it's been the same for him where if they're going to keep trying Derek Carr, get somebody behind him that you can develop on the fly. And I think yeah. love at this point of the draft is the guy that you do that with. And we'll also keep an eye on how much Jalen Hurts continues to grow. Yeah, I, Jalen Hurts is the one to watch. But I think Jordan Love is being slept on right now because just because he's at Utah State. A lot of people don't exactly. know what he has to offer. But his traits to me absolutely look like someone who could be a first rounder. So uh, I'm with you on that. At number 30 overall, excuse me, 29 overall, the New Orleans Saints 
gosh, I want them to, to have another receiver. I miss the days when Mike Thomas had a good running mate. And especially if we're going to eventually see life after Drew Brees, then you have to have weapons. You have to have targets. You look at the Saints D-line dominated last night. I, I did think about giving them Caleb Von Chason from LSU, who has been quiet this year, but I think has some first-round traits. But I'm going to go wide receiver here because I think they need someone opposite Michael Thomas to draw some coverage away. Jalen Rieger from TCU, not the biggest guy, but a very good route runner, a very good hands catcher on breaking routes. I think he would complement what Mike Thomas does, especially outside of the red zone. He's someone that could be a very good yards after catch receiver. Number 30, the New England Patriots. Don't know if they'll be picking here uh, with how things usually go for the Patriots, <laughs> but they do pick this early for them. I, I went with Tyler Biotish, and we got to see him when we were down at Wisconsin against Michigan. The Patriots offensive line has been eaten alive by injuries where if you can stack the board with more interior talent, Viotis is as good as he gets in this class for interior players. And he fits the mold of what they want to be. It looks like at times they can be this power running team now that Brady and Brady hasn't lost a step, but as he right. gets older, you've seen them load up on running backs and really be able to run the ball down your throat. Like they did to a team like the chargers last year in the postseason. So New England is one of those teams. They'll just keep taking offensive linemen year after year, and they'll develop them. And you don't even have to develop this guy because Biotis is ready to step on the field from day one. Yeah, he absolutely is. He is one of my favorite players in college football to just watch. Like, he just dominates. Dominates. Yeah, absolutely does. Number 31, the undefeated, only undefeated team in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. We'll see how long that lasts. The schedule looks pretty tough coming up. Safety is a need. I, I love guys like Joukowsky Tart. They just can't seem to stay healthy. Richard Sherman continues to be amazing out on the outside. I like Akella Weatherspoon at corner. Uh, I'm going to go safety here, though. Xavier McKinney from Alabama getting lost in the shuffle a little bit because Alabama is so deep this year and so talented. I think McKinney is a very good safety prospect, though. A great fit. For this Robert Saylor defense, he has the range to play over the top. He's physical enough to help you in the run game. But I love what Xavier McKinney could be as a late first round pick. Someone I think would project as a rookie starter in this defense. Yeah, it's crazy. There's been no hype about him at all so far. And this happens every year because he's on a great defense. And then everyone watches the film and go, oh, that guy's jumping out. What are the odds? 30, 31, and 32 are all three of Matt's favorite teams. It's in amazing. A row. 32. You can't, you can't get that lucky. <laughs> I should have let you finish the entire mock draft. Right? 32, let the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a really interesting one because you hear Matt say it every week. They're one of those teams that could be on the Jalen Ramsey sweepstakes. And if they could trade this pick for him do it 90 million times out of, te- out of 90 million times yes. but I went with Bryce Hall here who I think is a fringe first round player they need cornerback help he's physical what he runs is going to dictate so much of where he goes in the draft but he's been playing at a high level for this Virginia team for a, a while now I mean he could have declared last year opted to stay so the Chiefs need secondary help still they really do and I think Bryce Hall in this situation is the best corner on the board it is draft on draft time we got some fun ones this week from Gustavo Alguin the first one as a USC fan waiting to be cured of Clay <laughs> Helton cured. who would be your top five coaches you would want to bring in in the offseason to improve your football team well can we get crazy with it just I think we get crazy. It's obviously Urban Meyer, though. It is Urban Meyer. I, I mean, we've heard that there's been rumors like crazy about this already. But let's do an, let's do some other ones 
just in case. Like I don't think this is a team that can pry away a Matt Campbell from Iowa State, right. even though in terms of like brand, that seems like a jump. Matt Campbell is is a Midwest kind of guy. Like he's not going to USC. I'd be surprised. Right. Matt Rule just signed an extension, which I don't think we'll see him finish that out in 2027 yeah. to Baylor. I think he'll be in the NFL before then. What direction would you go here, Matt? Who do you think they have a chance of getting? Well, that's like this is still USC. And they've yeah. been down, but like this is still a really good job. I would call Jim Harbaugh and say, hey, it's not working <laughs> in Michigan. What would it take to get you to leave Michigan? Because I, I can see the Wolverines being like, eh, you know, like we would let him go because it's just to not the, working. Yeah, to a completely different conference, too. Right. So just get him out of there. Get him out of the Midwest. I don't like that's where I would go, because I don't think you could call Oklahoma and say, hey, Lincoln Riley, you want to come here? He'd be not like, happening. No, I don't want to go there. Why would no. I go to USC? So you have to like be somewhat aware of who you are. I think, you know, like PJ Fleck would be an interesting That was name, the one that came to mind. That's such a big jump even for him, though. Like to go from Minnesota to USC, like that's a, a massive jump. So it, it's tough. It really, USC's in a, in a really difficult spot because it's still a blue blood program, but they're so bad and there's no patience there. This and makes, they tried yeah. to go the like unknown route with Clay Hilton. Like, let's yeah. promote this guy. It clearly didn't work. Now, this one would not be a USC hire, but where do you, we got to see Jim Leonard go somewhere soon, right? Oh, Jimmy's got to get a job. Yeah, that no, that's not a USC job. The defense no. coordinator for Wisconsin. No, yeah, he'll he'll land somewhere very very quickly. I don't think that's the right spot for him. No, it's not. Uh, it's not. He wouldn't go there. I, it, I'm sorry, USC fans. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just there's not that like, oh, I would think like young offensive mind, which is, I think, why they tried to do the, the Cliff Kingsbury, like almost coach and waiting thing. Fuck, he might be available after this year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> see how it goes. Yeah, they could have Adam Gase. And, and also but to your point about Harbaugh, he can recruit on the West Coast. Like yes, wa- was Washington, Washington right. is doing a great job stealing recruits that US, USC should get. Right. UCLA is not even a concern right now. So if you're USC and you get Harbaugh for how not great, hasn't been a disaster. Not not great things have been in Michigan. Harbaugh would do a really good job there. He really would. But that'll be Urban Meyer. So Jeremy Godden yeah. with our next question. Do you guys feel outcomes of games, for example, Ole Miss and Alabama this weekend, are teams like Alabama taking their eye off of their current opponent and looking ahead on their schedule? I mean, that definitely happens. Alabama was still dominant. I mean, I think two or through six touchdowns. The second half so was they were a still, joke. They were still yeah. good. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it happens. We talk about it every week. We pick games. We're like, oh, this might be a trap game, or this is a team that they could be overlooking them. So, yeah, I, I definitely do think that even though they, I think they let Ole Miss score 31 points, which is a little more than, than you would expect Bama to give up. I yeah. mean, it, it definitely happens. I think I even think you look at Clemson, North Carolina. It's like Clemson, there's something in their head. They're, they're just not as explosive as they were last year, and they, they really should be. They didn't lose anyone offensively, and they're just, they look so stale. I wonder how often it's that, that they're feeling that pressure a little bit. Yeah, Clemson does look flat for a team that hasn't lost in a very long time. They just look flat. I don't know what it is right now. And I think it's a great question because, like, if anyone is playing Rutgers, how can you get up for that game week? And maybe it's different for a current athlete 
maybe you get up for every week and everyone's built differently no, no, no. but like god i mean everyone's just steamrolling ruckers at this point so anyways next one from elias calderson who is the higher upside in terms of pure talent between jacob eason and justin herbert how likely do you think it is for eason to catch up to herbert in the quarterback rankings well uh, because this show comes out the night before my uh, big board does, I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler. They're not that far apart for me. I think Justin Herbert's overrated. I really do. Yeah, and I you'll do see too. that when my big board comes out Tuesday morning. I like Easton's tools. I've heard it's tough because I've only watched. I haven't yet watched the USC tape. Uh, I'll probably do that today. Uh, the games I've watched, he has looked really good, but I'm still stuck on a lot of what people have told me about him, which as everyone knows, if you're a longtime listener or reader, that factors in a lot with quarterbacks because the people who are making these school visits and who are around these players, you have to trust their insights into the character and the personality of a guy. And I think both of these guys are interesting players from that perspective. Like with Herbert, there's talks that he might be a little, you know, like mentally soft and just not very tough with Easton. It's just like, he might not be the best decision maker on or off the field. Um, So I think it's very possible, but I do think guys like Joe Burrow and Jordan Love are probably right now have a lot more, lot more steam in terms of NFL circles than Herbert and Easton do. Interesting. Yeah, I think Her- Herbert almost has had the problem of staying too long. Where, he I really, he probably should have come out. I mean, we're looking at it and we're just like, yeah, I, I just don't see greatness right now after being touted as a number one potential number one pick for three years. I just, yeah, it's it's hard to see it. All right, last yeah. one of the day here from Dan Alter. With a lot of people collectively agreeing that Clemson doesn't look like the number one team, could we use this as a case to get rid of preseason rankings and not rank teams until a week or two into the season? Yes. I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah, practically, but someone's going to do it. We We're going to do it. ESPN's <laughs> going to do it. You know, like, it's still going to happen. Um, I think that... Th- Preseason rankings aren't going to go anywhere. Let's just stop taking them so seriously. Like, yeah. who cares where you're ranked preseason week one? And I actually, I tweeted about this over the weekend, and someone said, you know, like, the rankings that matter are going to come out soon. These aren't it. And so it is kind of like that. These are like NFL power rankings that that we put out on Monday mornings. Like, no one really cares, but it's just a guideline for an opinion of which team is best. It's usually based on biases or who looked good last year. After week five or six, it all gets torn up and and really done over again. In my opinion, Clemson's probably like the fifth best team in football right now. I think Bama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, maybe Georgia, and then I would put Clemson. I know they're undefeated. They've won 20 straight games. They have a ton of first-round picks on this team. They're still not playing good football. They're not, and maybe they'll get hot at the right time again. I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's all that matters right now. Maybe they, they need a big game to get up for, like we saw the national title game just shocked people last year with how emphatically they stomped out Alabama. But that is our show, Matt, our first mock draft Monday in a very long time. How are we feeling? feels good to be back, man. I'm excited to dig in and and we're going to start fixing teams like the Miami Dolphins very, very soon. Like you said uh, on a recent show and the the Oakland Raiders, they have multiple picks. So it is going to be fun to to dig in and do this. I want to remind people, if you've made it to the end of the show, though, Melo and I will be tailgating a Sunday night before Sunday night football in Lot J at Arrowhead Stadium. It's going to be a great time. Uh, If you remember the RV we took to the Ohio State-Michigan game, we'll be in that again. It's a big red, white, and blue RV in Lot J. You won't be able to miss it. It'll be a great time. It's free. Uh, Just come hang out. We're going to have some stuff to give away. We'll be doing the show live from Arrowhead. 